Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So happy to have you here with us today, this beautiful, goodness gracious Christian. What day of the week is this? Wednesday. Everybody, welcome Christian. He is, I, I promise you, we are going to get a camera so you can see Christian drinking his Red Bull Bang monster. Don't you usually do monsters? Yeah, because he's young and he can handle that stuff. If I had that stuff, I'd have a heart attack. My heart would explode like crack out of my chest if I drank one of those things. I just know it. Plus, they're like so loaded with stinking sugar, man. No, I don't have to get you. Christian's like, you have to get used to it. No, I don't have to get used to it because I don't even have to drink it. I I have coffee, okay? I have coffee, and every once a month or so, I give in and have my carbonated drink. But I'm not going to call it by name because then that would be product placement, and I'm not going to do that. So uh, thank you guys for joining us today. I just want to let you know what is beginning on March 18th. Hey, March 18th is our In Defense of Liberty training. The most premier, the best training on the planet for self-defense, for weapons retention, for your family, for you, for everyone, middle school, and up. Let me, I have this thing here I'm trying to get to for some reason my phone. JC and I told you our phones have been freaky lately. So I just want to, this is just whatever. So um, I wrote this. Where is it? Oh my goodness. I'm not starting off the show very well, Christian. I think I probably should have had a Red Bull or something. <laughs> All right, so jujitsu and MMA master trainer Larry Stevenson, a.k.a. the Bearded Black Cowboy, leads a special weekend event with Chris Ann in Texas with me. That's me. Uh, this weekend event combines constitutional training, hand-to-hand -hand self defense, and weapons retention, along with real-life scenario firearms training on an outdoor range. Students always leave with a life-changing event gain skill get confidence and know you can defend yourself and your family in any situation i also um i have a friend who's i've been talking to about sending their daughter okay so they have a teenage daughter and we often have teenage girls young girls in there and what's amazing is I don't know, maybe because I'm a girl and I love seeing women empower themselves. I'm always an advocate for the sending the young ladies for and moms too. I mean, of all ages, we have people from middle school to gosh, I don't remember how old was the oldest person we had, maybe 70 something, probably. Anyway, this weekend training not only gives them the skill to defend themselves against violent men, 
I guarantee it. But hey, mom and dad, it'll give you the confidence that your daughters will not be victims. And so I don't know how you can trade that kind of peace of mind, okay? I don't know how we can trade that kind of peace of mind for anything else in this world. So go to chrisannhall.com, click on the In Defense of Liberty banner. It will bring it up and sign up there. It starts March 18th, so you've got to sign up now. Seriously, these are really small classes. I mean, Larry said we could have huge classes, but I intentionally keep them small so we get individual training. Christian, you go every year, don't you? Past two years, just two years? Yeah. So you're going to have to come on air next time and tell people how amazing this is so they believe me, right? Right? Cool. All right. So um, I want to introduce you to her name is Chantel Watt. Chantel Watt was introduced to me by my friends at Liberty Council, Matt Staver and the legal crew there. Chantel Watt, if you see, they see the picture, right? They do now? Okay. Chantel Watt is the wife to this man and the mother to these children. And I just want to ask you, and you can find Chantel on... Um, Instagram at Chantel Watt photo. It's C-H-A-N-T-E-L-L-E Watt, W-A-T-T photo, all one word. I want to ask you, Liberty First Brigade, to pray for Chantel and these children. I'm going to read to you what this post says so you know specifically what to pray for. She says, and I'm reading, the father of my children died, dropped dead in front of them. Can you imagine? Holy freaking cow. At two and six years old, they lost their daddy traumatically in front of them. They will live almost their entire lives without one of the two people who loved them most, without one of the two people every kid deserves to grow up with. Brandon's death shook our community and continues to shake it. It's about to rumble it more. I've been very open about every aspect of it, from posting 12 hours after his death to continuing to share our story and all aspects of my journey through grief. You, the community, have encouraged everything about this. This will be the biggest thing I share. Listen closely, she says. Brandon died of lymphohistiotic myocarditis. This was determined by the Ontario Coroner's Office at Kingston General Hospital. Because of the absolute shock of a healthy, active 30-year-old man dropping dead, his body was sent to Kingston for a full and extensive autopsy. The result can take several months, and I've just recently received the full report, which had to be formally requested. When they eventually gave the cause of death, it shocked both the local coroner and our family doctor. It was assumed he died of cardiomyopathy, 
a generic, a genetic condition that he would have been born with and gone undiagnosed, but this was not the case. Lymphohistiotic myocarditis is caused by a virus. His heart was extensively damaged. There was so much scar tissue that it literally couldn't pump another beat. I had no chance at reviving him. The official report states that his entire heart was damaged. Not one ventricle or one area, top to bottom damaged, fully attacked for multiple months. Brandon did not have COVID. His work supplied rapid tests, and we had done several throughout the summer and fall. The virus that killed him was likely the mRNA vaccine. Any medical professional I have spoken to and who has looked into this further has been quick to disregard the vaccine as the cause, as, quote, the research, end quote, shows myocarditis cases only happened within two weeks of an administered dose. First off, she says, what effing research? We are the effing research. Secondly, this is only what they are allowing to be reported. Well, I'm going to ask you that you go to Chantel Watt photo on Instagram and read what she has to say and keep following on this. She says, I am not angry. I am strong and I am brave. And I care about a lot about you, your children, and the future. And this is why she chose to share this story. No person should have to do this. No person should have to go through this for any reason whatsoever. But especially when it's avoidable. The sad part of the story is these children will never know their father and will never know how they were traumatized by seeing their father drop dead in front of them. I'm sure that will be worked out over many years. But what compounds the sadness of this are the continual and repeated lies submitted by social media and government that there is no reason to be concerned and nothing to be worried about. I mean, you watch, you look at her Instagram post and you still have that little thing on the bottom. Get the facts. As if her facts are simply either irrelevant or non-existent. So please join us, the Liberty First family, as we pray for this family, these children. And we pray for miraculous healing for anyone who has unknowingly, through coercion, submitted to something that will damage their body. 
We pray for everyone. We pray for this family. So I want to share a video with you. It's a very interesting video because it has to do with some representatives in New Hampshire. Now, some New Hampshire New Hampshire House Republicans. Uh, by the way, let me just give you the disclaimer here. This is not new, okay? This has actually happened last month. And we're just now getting to the story of it because I wanted to actually talk about it a little bit. And I wanted to do, remember, we're a teach show and not a talk show. So we needed to do some teaching on this matter. And so I wanted to have some time to talk about it. Now, the headline is, some New Hampshire, New Hampshire House Republicans introduce legislation to secede from the United States. A group of Republican lawmakers in Concord, New Hampshire, want the Granite State to secede from the Union. Now, I'm going to play, or well, I guess really Christian is going to play the video for you. But before we start, I want you to pay close attention to the reporter, the narrative of the reporter, and see how indoctrinated we are on this subject of secession. So go ahead, Christian, and start that video. Are we going? The Civil War may have ended 150 years ago, but a group of Republican lawmakers want the Granite State to secede from the Union. Seven state reps have sponsored a state constitutional amendment to declare New, Hampshire, New Hampshire's independence and proceed as a sovereign nation. Representative Michael Sylvia and his co-sponsors are serious about disbanding the Union. They say they believe it would work out better for the Granite State. Some believe that the question of independence has been settled. If so, then our state's sovereignty has been stolen. House Democratic leader Rennie Cushing slammed the bill as the, quote, most unpatriotic piece of legislation he has ever seen come through the New Hampshire House. Let's talk about this. Because the reporter opens up with this, this errant narrative of you know, uh, the, so, the Civil War was so long ago, right? You know what he's implying? He's implying the Civil War answered the question on whether a state can secede from the Union. Can we take just a minute to dissect that particular thought process? Because remember, if we're really going to talk about this from an educated perspective, can a state secede from the Union? The source we would go to would be the Constitution itself. What does the Constitution say about it? Is the Constitution silent on the issue? If the Constitution is silent on the issue, then what is the prevailing law regarding constitutional unions? I'm not talking about modern law. I'm not talking about the living, breathing document lie. 
I'm talking about the fact that the Constitution is a contract between the states that created the Union. I'm talking about the historical fact that had not three quarters of the states created and ratified the Constitution, the Union would not exist. I am not even, I, I'm, I'm talking about this historical and legal fact that in the beginning, states were not forced to join the Union. I'm talking about the historical and legal fact that Canadian colonies owned by Great Britain chose not to be a part of the Union. I'm talking about the legal and historical fact that the Union was not signed, was not created by military force or the conquering act of war. The Constitution is a compact between the states in which the states voluntarily created a contractual agreement with each other that created the Union. Now, if you're going to ask about the question of whether a state has the authority to secede or not, that should be your source. Not the politicians, the pundits, the philosophers, psychologists, revisionist history. Not even the propaganda that if you believe states can secede from the Union, that you're automatically ra uh, racist. That is also ridiculous. I want us to focus on his statement. The Civil War somehow settled the legal question of whether a state can legally constitutionally secede or not. Do you realize if what this reporter is asserting that a war, a civil war in America answered a legal question, a constitutional question that actually means that America is being held together by a conquering force, that the states were conquered and therefore held together against their will in a union in which the only way it can be altered or changed is by war. Do you understand that's exactly the opposite intent of our founders? Let's think about this logically and systematically for a moment, please. Because the whole battle, and I realize that everybody has this misconception, this miseducation, that the whole battle for independence was because a bunch of people were pissed off about a tax on tea. That is, that is the most ridiculous historical revision, simplifying the most, com most complex and serious issues, I think, uh, that a revisionist has out there. It's stupid. It's just downright petty, and it's stupid. And the founders of America were not petty, and they were far from stupid. You see, the founders of America said no to Great Britain, severed themselves 
in independence from Great Britain because they were tired of being ruled by kings and tired of being classified as a conquering empire. Our colonies were not established by the conquering empire of Great Britain. They were established by voluntary charter. Now, this is not the show where we're going to get into how the narrative of, of the colonists as a whole, excluding individual extremists, we're not going to get into the, narr- the false narrative of how the colonists as a whole conquered the indigenous people to be here. Do your own history work, please. And, and that does not include the history books. That means you have to go back to the original source text. You have to go to the documents. You have to see the treaties. You have to see the arrangements. You have to see the contracts for land that were created. Okay? This is not that episode. But our founders seceded from the British Empire because they didn't want kings anymore. They didn't want to be involuntarily forced to be part of a kingdom. They wanted to be independent, sovereign states or countries. So why? In all that is logically centered and critically thought, can we possibly believe or even entertain the belief that these people who would eventually fight for 45 years to maintain their independence. Yes, 45 years, my math is not wrong. How could we possibly even suggest that they turned around and created a union, a voluntary union of these states, that once they became part of this voluntary union, they were forever and perpetually enslaved to a federal government. It is the dumbest assertion, the most ignorant assertion, that anyone with a modicum of logic, critical thinking, and even understanding of contract law could ever submit. And I realize, I should have, you know what, Christian? I should have given a disclaimer. I should have told people, um, if you don't want to be labeled a neo-Confederate racist, you should probably stop listening and come back in about 20 minutes. But I didn't give you that. I realize I realize what the decades, the more than a century of constant beating, propaganda, and miseducation has put into the minds of Americans, and the very thought of me teaching people on this subject in the truth and in the law and in the history will be so offensive to some that their cognitive dissonance will cause their neurosynapses to fry 
and they will immediately call me names and tell you why I'm telling you what I'm telling you is false. But you cannot deny the facts that I've already told you, and you cannot deny the logic and the critical thinking associated with those facts. You cannot deny them. Go look them up. They're real. From a contract law perspective, let me ask you this. <laughs> Seriously, if you just set aside the whole historical and social fact that, hey, guess what? These people went to war to secede from a kingdom holding them together by force. Why in heaven's name would they reestablish what they fought to flee themselves from? And by the way, in order to adopt that ideology that, yeah, maybe they did create a union of that where the states could not leave. That is also completely ignoring and totaling denying everything written down in the ratification debates and the letters they communicated with each other during those ratification debates. I'm telling you, you have to ignore and deny fact, documentation, history, and evidence of elephantine proportions to believe that states do not have the right to voluntarily leave the union. But let's address this from a, from a contract law perspective. Because the Constitution is a compact. It's not a theory. It's a fact. It's a compact between the independent governments of the states to create the union. If you were to engage in a contractual relationship, well, let me put it this way. Let's just bring it up. Christian and I are going to start a business together. We're going to have a contractual relationship. We're going to have a contract. A contract that binds us together in this objective, in this business. Would that be in this? I mean, this is really a no-brainer. You don't have to be a lawyer. But for my lawyer friends out there, would that be a legally binding contract? If not in writing, mind you. It was later implied that the only way Christian could leave this contract was if he killed me. Or in the opposite, if Christian tried to leave the contract, I had the authority to lock him up, chain him to a desk, and tell him that he cannot leave unless he can kill me first. Because that's what this whole, the Civil War settled that question. That's what that whole answer is saying. And all I'm doing is asking you and pleading with you to think about this from a logical and principled perspective. History, fact, documentation, and even law. Can I mention to you that nobody ever asserts that the Constitution prevents secession? Can I mention to you that no one ever asserts that law prevents secession? Everyone who believes that states don't have an independent right to secede 
will tell you a war answers that question. Now you have to answer this question. What kind of an America do you live in? Because in reality, for the Democrat to say that a motion, a legislative act to secede from the union is, quote, the most unpatriotic thing he's ever seen. He must believe that America is a kingdom held together by force. And to qualify to be patriotic, we must be loyal to a king to the extent of our own encaptured, enslaved servitude. See, that's the irony of it all, really. The irony of this is, they'll go around and tell you I'm a racist, that I, that I support slavery because I believe, because I know, this is not a belief, guys, this is an actual knowing thing, that I know that every state in the union has an independent right to secede. When they secede, they're no longer eligible for the benefits of the union. But when they decide, perhaps, that the union is no longer a benefit to them, as these legislators in New Hampshire have said, when they decide that, it is within their independent authority to say, you know, we don't want to be a part of this group anymore. Can you imagine being a member of the Democrat Party? And saying, look, I've enjoyed the benefits of the Democrat Party for all these years. And now all of a sudden, um, I realize that maybe we're not on the same line of thinking as I thought we were. Maybe, maybe I've grown. Maybe my circumstances have changed. Maybe whatever. And I just don't see a benefit in this party anymore. So I don't want the benefit of the party anymore. I want to leave the party. But as you fill out your paperwork to stop being a member of the Democrat Party, someone in full combat gear grows up, shows up at your house, points a gun at you, and says, you cannot leave the Democrat Party. You see, the proposition that secession is not allowed is actually the profession of slavery. They'll call me a racist. They'll call me pro-slavery. They'll call me a neo-confederate. When in reality, their proposition that a war holds the union together is actually the profession of a union of slaves. And that's the sad, sad reality of it all. That's the sad reality. So many people deceived deceived and the whole deception is designed around keeping people in submission to a central government that was never designed to be a ruler over the people. As a matter of fact, during the complete construction, the complete development and design of the Constitution and the resulting federal government, it was absolutely completely rejected that the federal government would have a ruling power, a superior power over the states. And it's just so sad that we have to have this conversation. And it's so sad that, that you know, people who talk about this 
are marginalized and called names and kicked out and and just shunned, chastised. It's sad that so many people don't even understand the servitude that they are living under. So that's all I want to say about that. If you want to know more about that, you got to go to libertyforsociety.com. And that's just all there is. I guess I'm done with that. Is that okay, Christian? Does it sound good? Did you get it? Give me a thumbs up if you got it. All right. Christian sits there and he runs everything behind the scenes. But you realize I have a captive student in my audience. And I'm quietly hoping that he catches everything and I can ignite his fire of patriotism. (laughs) Because the real patriot, by the way, knows that the Constitution is a contract between the states voluntarily entered into to create the federal government, making the federal government the creation of the states. Therefore, a lower power to the states. So I said that was all I was going to say. Now this is all I'm going to say. The last story I want to talk to you today about is this issue of the Capitol Police. Now, let me give you a little background. Why do I care about the Washington, D.C. Capitol Police? I'll tell you exactly why I care. Because the Capitol Police have seen fit to establish a satellite office in my hometown. And as if that was not outrageous enough, I mean, seriously, can you imagine the the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department declaring they can establish a satellite office in Washington, D.C.? I mean, surely. I mean, the whole excuse is, oh, well, we have representatives, uh, senators and representatives that come to the state of Florida. We need to have a satellite office to protect these senators and these uh, representatives as they come through Florida. Oh, really? And you don't have to protect them in any other state of the union? I mean, because that premise falls away just with that fact. Secondary, why do we need an office to do that? Why can't you just come with them when they come and leave with them when they go? You do not need a satellite office if that is truly your objective, Capitol Police, but we know it's not their objective. We know that's not their objective. Because their objective is to establish a force in the state of Florida that is not confined to the Florida Constitution, not controlled by the voters in Florida, not controlled by anyone in Florida save the sheriff of that county. And if you don't have a constitutional sheriff, and we don't have a constitutional sheriff in Hillsborough County, which covers Tampa, then your your non-constitutional sheriff will allow the Capitol Police to have free reign. So, I need you to know something very, 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 very important. 
Nothing will come good from this. Capitol Police setting up satellite offices. And I just offer you one piece of evidence. This is from the Epic Times. Christian's got a picture or something up there. U.S. Capitol Police accused of illegally entering GOP offices taking pictures of protected documents. Can I please mention to you this? Capitol Police actually have jurisdiction over the offices of the GOP. And they still do not follow the law. Still do not follow the law. They're governed by, controlled by the people of Washington, D.C. And they still are accused of illegally entering GOP offices, taking pictures of protected documents. How much more will their illegal activity be in a state where no one controls what they do. Accused of illegal activity in their own jurisdiction. Limited by the law of their jurisdiction, ruled by the people of their jurisdiction, they're still accused of violating the law. How much worse will that be when they are not subject to the Constitution of the state of Florida, when they're not subject to the vote of the people, when they're not subject to the control of the people or the laws of the state? They already feel themselves above the law. Already feel themselves above the law in a place where they are subject to people. How much more will they be above the law? How much greater will their disregard be for you, for me, for our private property, for our rights in a place where no one can control them? So hopefully you will join with us in this day and help us kick the Capitol Police out of Tampa. They're setting up in San Francisco, too. Do you know what the most alarming thing about this is? We actually have, you have the GOP, the Capitol Police accused of illegally entering GOP offices, engaging in illegal activity. And yet here in Florida, we have Republican representatives on the state and federal level that are applauding the Capitol Police. Senator Rick Scott, yes, we're grateful for the Capitol Police. How many others out there? Seriously, people, pull your head out of your butt and see what's happening. I hope this little incident that happened on February 8th 
will awaken our GOP members who in Florida, representing Florida, in representing people of Florida, I hope this is a wake-up call for them when they, you know, those who applauded the Capitol Police in Florida. I hope this is a wake-up call for them because God help them if they don't connect the dots now. Because their offices in Washington, D.C. are just the beginning because they all have district offices. They're going to go into their offices here. What about all the representatives here? What about your home? It's important, guys. It's incredibly, incredibly important that we pay attention to these things because I guarantee you Tampa is just the beginning. You would better keep your eyes open, and it's going to be easier to keep them out than to kick them out. Number one, you need a constitutional sheriff. We open every show with the trailer to our movie Noncompliant. We have begun filming Noncompliant 2, which talks about your sheriff, teaches about your sheriff, of why your sheriff is the tip of the spear, the first line of defense, and the most powerful line of defense for your rights. A constitutional sheriff in Hillsborough County could have said to the Capitol Police, you're not welcome here. You might want to put up an office. Maybe the city will let you do that, but you will have no jurisdiction in my county. You will have no. If you come onto my property, Capitol Police, if you go to my neighborhoods, if you put yourselves in businesses and homes, I will arrest you for trespass because you have no jurisdiction here and you're doing all of this without my permission. That's what a constitutional Hillsborough County Sheriff would sound like. You better make sure you have one because we don't. We're working on it. But he's a Republican. And so all the brainwashed tribalistic rhinos and deceived people People operating under Republican cult of personality think, oh, well, he's a Republican. He must be okay. I don't care what he is. I don't care if he's Republican. I don't care if he's Democrat. I don't care if he's Martian. If he doesn't stand to protect and defend the rights of the people through his promise of the Constitution, then he doesn't deserve to be sheriff, period. He can be your friend, but he shouldn't be your sheriff. And I've said this on the air before. I I love my father, my dad, I love him. There's probably uh, no other man on this planet that I love like my father. But I wouldn't vote for him to be sheriff. Because liking someone doesn't meet the criteria of being a constitutional sheriff. So this is important. By the way, I'm just going to give you a little pitch. We are filming Noncompliant 2. This is a non-profit film. We want to be bring this to you at no cost to you. We want as much distribution as possible. So we need your help. Go to noncompliantmovie.com, make your tax-deductible donation, and help us fund this movie. Noncompliant 2 actually costs us more than non-compliant one because we're interviewing constitutional sheriffs all across America. I'm going all over the place. That means transporting a film crew. That means sometimes flying sheriffs to where we are. And there's an expense there. But you see, 
liberty is not free. I don't want to have to pay for liberty with my life. So I'd rather pay for it with my fortune right now. I mean, they already call me names, so my sacred honor has been sacrificed. I have my honor, but you know what that means, my reputation. They've soiled my reputation with their lies. I'm okay with that. I know who I am. But now I'm stepping it up. This is my fortune. Remember, life, fortune, sacred honor? I don't want to have to pay for liberty with my life. I don't want my child to have to pay for liberty with his life. So I'm willing to give more of my reputation. I'm willing to give more of my fortune so that my child will not have to die for a gift that I was supposed to secure for him. So I'm just asking, partner with us, noncompliantmovie.com, make a donation there. It's tax deductible. Don't wait till December 31st to make your big year-end deduction. Go ahead and do it now. You know you're going to have to. And donate 100 bucks. Help us with part of a ticket, uh, an airline ticket. Help us with a hotel room. Donate 200 bucks. 300 bucks. Whatever you got, man. Whatever you got. You know from a long-term relationship with us that we are stewards of what you give. And we take with great honor the fact that you would trust us to steward these things. So noncompliantmovie.com. Noncompliantmovie.com. Christian has put it up there on the screen. I've heard him clicking over there, so I know it's up there. Well, I guess that's all that I have for you today. That's all I got to say about that. So I want to thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being the real patriots, the winter soldiers, and the rainy day patriots. We appreciate you. We love you. We pray for you. God bless you. See you next time. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged one person will stand up. Upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested. Sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity. 
waiting for us to say. We will not comply, so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing?